We are very pleased to inform you that your name has been added to the Dean's List for this term. You are among a very select group of students, and as a result, the Dean of Leadership Development has some very valuable information he would like to share with you. We applaud you and extend our congratulations to your family. Keep up the good work. This is the Dean's List. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean DeGuara, the Director of Leadership Development at Jesus Culture. And as always, we want to expose you to leaders that are encouraging us here at JC. And today, I have the privilege of introducing to the JCLP listeners, Eric Knopf. He's at ericknopf.com, E-R-I-C-K-N-O-P-F.com. How's it going, Eric? It's so good to have you, man. It's great to be here. Hey, uh, thanks for being with us, first of all. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, I uh, have a long history and long stories. I'll keep it short, but I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. Uh, grew up there until I was 18, went to school at Westmont College. In, my in California? Is in that, California, yep, okay. in Santa Barbara, the promised land here. <laughs> uh, and my wife was a year ahead of me, and I just had to marry that woman. And uh, so I begged her to marry me, and she was a year ahead of me, moved up to UC Davis to finish vet school up there. So she's way smarter than me. Wow. She's uh, a veterinarian now? Yeah, a horse veterinarian. Wow. Yep. And uh, so moved up here, and we got married, and that was 13 years ago. I have a passion for startups and, and kind of cut my teeth in college and then started putting roots down here with started some ventures and been in the Sacramento region ever since. So uh, your, your bio says that you're a highly caffeinated entrepreneur and a co-founder of a company called WebConnects. Could you tell us a little bit about that venture? For sure. Uh, WebConnects, uh, no one really has heard of it, and that's okay. We're not really offended um, <laughs> because uh, about... 1.5 million people every single month pass through our software and have no idea it's us. Uh, so we produce software that makes event registration uh, for like marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks, uh, running events. We do ticketing software, so for um, state fairs, county festivals, um, concerts, symposiums. Uh, and then we also do corporate events, registration, so conferences, retreats, seminars, church camps, sports camps. Uh, and then we do online giving, so we power charities and nonprofits, churches for their online giving, their fundraising. But our software is all white label, uh, meaning that it's it's never our logo, it's never our branding, it's always our customers. So we get used by companies like Google and Red Bull, Southwest Airlines, Gap, um, American Red Cross, uh, the who's who, it's really crazy. <laughs> and they have no idea that we have this little tiny team. And so our software makes a lot of uh, things happen for people and um, in those spaces. But we win when it's when nothing goes wrong, right? I mean, you, yeah, right. you, you don't remember the flight that went perfectly smooth, but you remember that bad flight that um, <laughs> was delayed five hours. So uh, we like to think that our software doesn't suck. And uh, <laughs> we succeed when no one notices that we made it happen. How how did you get into the online registration business? Where how did you stumble upon that idea? Yeah, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. My my entrepreneurial spirit kind of was raised in me by my father, who uh, I loved motocross and dirt bikes as a, as a young boy. And we grew up on twenty six acres outside of Portland. And I was like, Dad, I want this exhaust system. And he's like, awesome. Well, there's some bark that needs to be spread. There's some hay bales that need to be thrown on the truck. Work ethic. Yeah. He's like, you want more, work more. And so at an early age, you know, I would like work on the farm, work on the the vineyards or the the nursery and would settle up with him and, and he would tally up my hours and then I would go, you know, accessorize my dirt bike and and uh, build my parts accessories. And so uh, I was really entrepreneurial at a young age, learning that kind of principle of uh, work hard and, and pursue what you want. And, um, and to 
you know, have that drive. So in college, I started my first venture, uh, and it was a miserable failure. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Which most entrepreneurs, uh, from what I've read, I was a, a church planner, so I was a church planner entrepreneur, I guess. <laughs> but you know, I failed miserably. So a lot of entrepreneurs do experience failure then. Sure, yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And so I started out of college a business called Vision Launchers, and its sole purpose was to help people start businesses, taking all my failures and all the things that I knew not to do, and could you consolidate it into one company that could create your branding, your web development, actually create your, your venture for you in about six weeks and kind of hand it off to you to caretake. So basically, uh, if you, we can help you succeed in just getting it off the ground, you have a much higher success rate. And so that was my first venture out of college. And I was doing it in college. I walked across the stage uh, and got my diploma and went full-time into this as a senior. And uh, wow. that was a really crazy endeavor because I had to fully support our family and my wife the next day. Uh, we were getting married two <laughs> months later. And my in-laws, bless their heart, they were freaking out, you know. Right, right. My wife couldn't work. She's in grad school. So... Uh, that was my first venture and just helping people start their ideas and do their projects. And so we'd have a company come to us and say, hey, can you build XYZ for us? And we would build it in six weeks and kind of hand it over. So uh, one year, as in late 2008, uh, an organization came to us and they said, the donation process is absolutely terrible. And can you help us make a donation tool that isn't terrible, that doesn't suck? And so we, we looked at the offerings that are out there and like, wow, these are all really terrible. Like, who wants to create a password when they would like to donate? Who that wants- is so annoying. It is. Like, do you need another password in your life? No, no. I don't. Man, that is, wow. Yeah, so, so you're, something you're like, simple. Someone walks up to you and is like, I want to give. And you say, okay, here's this gauntlet of options that you need to like walk through. And it's, and it's just this obstacle course that you take donors through. So we just simply, how do we capture a donation in 60 seconds or less? That was really how our, our tool started. We want to be the fastest way to process a donation. And so it really worked in the first few months. So we went back to our two organizations that are still clients of ours today. And we're like, hey, we think there's something here. Uh, we're going to put this into its own company. You have a lifetime free account with us. Uh, but we're going to take what we built for you guys and extend it. I have a co-founder whose name is John, and he comes from the event background. And he looked at it, and he's like, the way that you process a donation is really not different than how you take a payment for an event. And so we jumped in and formed uh, WebConnects in late 2008 to handle online donations and also payments for events. So we are in a couple different categories and they go under different names, but uh, we've extended it over the past four years. We launched a brand new version this past fall that is really exciting. So that's how I kind of got going and the kind of story behind it. But yeah, I love entrepreneurship and startups. I'm, it's really an affliction, I think, at this phase of my life. <laughs> I, I recently uh, heard you speaking at, at a local event here in uh, Sacramento and you said something that was intriguing that i just like to to dive down deeper, at least I wanted to dive down deeper when I heard you say it, but you said, uh, web connects, uh, we're not a Christian company. Um, and I knew what you meant. Can you tell our audience what you meant by that and kind of the environment that you're cultivating at web connects? Yeah. So obviously I love Jesus. I've been transformed by his miraculous workings. I, I feel called in his commission. I feel called into redeeming all things in, in culture and kingdom. I love that. And one of the challenges, I think, when you do love Jesus and you are an entrepreneur, you have this major tension that you have to have the Jesus fish on your business card. You (laughs) You have to put John 3.16 on like all your your marketing material. And what we wanted to do is, is 
have our values established in our company, but also be excellent. We want to be in the, the, the reaches of the earth. And we wanted to have people ask us why we do the things we do because we do a lot of things differently. We treat our employees very well. We stand for certain things. Tell us a little bit about how you treat your employees. Just give us a little snapshot and mention <laughs> some things, but you really, you really uh, purpose to celebrate your employees. Yeah, we have, you know, it, it all comes into the commandment of Jesus to, to love people radically. And so particularly for our company, we want to love our employees and our staff radically. And so that means a whole lot of different things as a new employee comes in. We take the whole entire company, we celebrate them, we go to lunch wherever they want to go, or we order it in and we just pepper them with the questions and, you know, just celebrate them uh, the best we, we can. And uh, we, a whole bunch of job responsibilities and roles and things like that. We have some neat perks that are unusual, but last summer we decided to tell the company that we want to go to Costa Rica with them. We don't want to just go with them. Uh, we want to go with your family. Wow. And we want to go with your kids. And we want to go for a month. And we're <laughs> going to pay for it all. <laughs> you know, so when people heard that they're... So you're, you're taking the success of WebConnect mm-hmm. and you're pouring that success back into others. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Go tell, tell us about a little bit about the Costa Rica. Yeah, it was, it was insane. I mean, it had the possibility of being the worst idea ever and the best idea ever. It ended up being one of the best things ever. I mean, there's with everyone's spouses and kids, it was 34, 35 people all together. And so we occupied these, yeah, everyone had their own condo and it was right on the beach and we surfed every day. We, we routed all of our cell phones and all of our, our work uh, communications down there. So when we're on, on phones helping customers, they have no idea we're just steps from the sand or you know, <laughs> we're about to head out to a surf session and we have people waiting to get in the van because we got to finish this customer issue. But uh, it, was, it was the greatest time. And the relationships that formed between people and their spouses and their kids, it was the most transformational thing we've ever done for our company. Wow. And it was really neat to see um, all the things that kind of happened from that. So we're going to go again this year. Our team's a little bit bigger. And uh, so we're going to go again for the month of July and we're going to do it all over again. I love, I love just the ideas and the excellence behind them. What's the process of uh, coming up with good ideas, not only for entrepreneurial endeavors, but just for your company, you know, sure. for your culture, uh, yeah. for the values that you like to express? What's, what's the key? What's the process of coming up with those, those kinds of ideas? Yeah, I think there's a big misconception for people who jump into startups and entrepreneurship that they're they're going after money. There's a lot of people that can kind of get wooed by, and then this is particularly in kind of the multi-level marketing kind of category where like, be your own business, but it's really driven about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's fine. Like we're, we need to have money. Money's useful for providing for our families. But especially with entrepreneurship, it's a terrible motivator. Because for us, when we started WebConnects, it was three, four years before you know, myself and my co-founder, we started, you know, taking any salary from it. That's a long time. And, <laughs> you know, are, are you And gonna... a reason for your in-laws to worry even more. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when, when money's your motivation, there's a pretty short time span on that to how long you can go without money and continue to have the same pursuit of it. What it really comes down to is, is passion. I think that, that every great idea comes into passion to one of three categories, something you love, something you hate, and something that breaks your heart. Mm. Love, hate, heartbreak. One of those three categories. So uh, 
I love software technology. I love design, user interface. So for me to invent a new feature, oh, I I I, I dream about features, right? I dream about like <laughs> buttons and colors and like user experience. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like last night, I was like dream about this whole onboarding process for a new software. Um, so you have to have a passion. To, I absolutely love it. Like I would do this for free. It needs to be in that kind of category. So you have to love it. Um, then there's also like a disdain. I use the word hate because it's actually it's a really it's a good category to put it in. Like I hate traffic. I hate voicemails. I hate emails. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate meetings. You know, like uh, <clears throat> so you need to be really drawn after that frustration. Like you have a villain to to slay. And great ideas they they solve problems that people, you know, absolutely detest. If you're familiar with Slack, so you're taking something. If I'm hearing you right, you're taking something you hate, and you're saying, "I'm going to make this. I'm going to make some good out of this thing." Totally, right here. yeah. Or in, in our features, there's so many things that our, our software doesn't do. Things that our software doesn't do because we simply hate those things, such as passwords. Like I hate passwords. <laughs> like so, if someone's going to register for an event uh, or donate. Like we'll get customers. Well, well, can they create a password? No. No, no, no. Like it's it's intentionally designed to like not have that be a hindrance to them. Uh, so or multiple steps. Or I hate contracts. Like I'm I have fear of uh, commitment apparently. But yeah, we don't make any of our clients sign contracts. I hate setup fees. I hate cancellation fees. So a lot of these things that drive our company behind it, you'll find a lot of our our disdain for a certain specific. And that's great when coming up with the ideas is you really need to like have a frustration around things. Um, and then heartbreak. Um, you know, you, when you travel the world and you see the problems that are, are facing us and your heart breaks, it's a great motivator. Um, you know, we work with a lot of organizations that work in the human trafficking category. And they are sold out. Why? Because their heart got broken for these, these young girls, 12, 13 years old, mm-hmm. sold into slavery. And that gives you motivation, you know. So every great idea has got to be under a love, hate, heartbreak category. I think to be that that long term view that I'm going to be in this. It's going to take a couple of years, but when it does, it's going to it's going to rip. And that's really the the secret I think to startups is that, you know, if you're in it for 18 months, like it takes longer. <laughs> right. You know, every great idea. It starts small, and you want it to go fast, but the truth of it is, it just takes some time, and and you got to have something that will sustain you to that end. That's amazing. If a thriving company wasn't enough, uh, you also started a faith-based community of 20-somethings called Epic Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you go about starting a young adult ministry, which is actually one of the most thriving in the area? And then secondly, what's resonating in the heart of millennials that you're ministering to? Yeah, fantastic question. I got looped into working with our church and they had asked me, like, we want to get to know you and know some of your giftings and like, yeah, like do consulting, web development. And so I got to work with them for a little bit. And then it came that they want to do something with young adults. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm, I'm not trained for this. I'm like, I, I didn't go to school for this. I have no credential that authorizes me to speak to anybody about anything about God. And they just saw through it and they just you know, they really helped inspire me to to know that it, it doesn't take professional Christians, as I would label them, mm-hmm. to lead. Like leadership is is something that is baked inside each one of us, and it's something that's cultivated that we can all take hold of. And if you've known Jesus for five minutes, you can lead someone because you've been there for five minutes. And so they really helped give me vision for what was 
really the great commission for all of us to participate. So I jumped in and and it was terrible at first. Was, <laughs> I will not lie. It was it was tough, but they they allowed the process to work and to allow me to have vision and make mistakes and dream and continue to explore. And some things were great and some things were terrible. But they just believed, you know, really in my vision for what could be done and to try it. And so that's how I got you know, looped in there. And and so it's a volunteer thing for me. And I usually teach and preach every week. And I absolutely love it. I just, I, I love being in the marketplace and doing startups and entrepreneurship and work on new things. And also to then open the Bible and say, this is the crazy thing about God in, in the scriptures. And uh, so I, I love that mix. I, I don't think it's for everyone, but I just, I certainly love it. So your second question about what's on millennials hearts is I think it's almost back to what I was thinking about is that, you know, someone comes to you and says, hey, I want to know about Jesus. Like, well, let me take you to my pastor, someone who's paid <laughs> to do this kind of stuff. <clears throat> I think that is is this compartmentalizing of, of culture and church that's going on. Yeah. Is that I attend church and I send people who want to know about Jesus to that church. To the professional. To the professionals, yeah. yeah. And and also, where do I fit? Mm. You know how do how do I if I'm working, you know my minimum wage job, stocking shelves, or working, you know flipping burgers? Like how do I fit into the kingdom and the plan of God and and the commission that's there? I think they're like kind of stuck. They they haven't heard the words that that God is calling all of us, not just the ones that are on staff, not the ones that <laughs> who organize churches, but everyone. He's calling everyone to participate in renewing the kingdom uh, on earth and bringing the kingdom from heaven to earth, and so. I think that is very empowering for people to say, you are actually a, a powerful person. You have the authority. You have Christ living in you. Uh, you are destined to do something amazing. Let's find what that is. And a good leader will help unlock that for them and help uh, equip them to move forward. And and young adults, I know I've met several of them from, from Epic Life. They're responding to this. I've met, uh, uh, you know, designers, I mean, they're in all spheres that, that I run across with yeah. and seem to be uh, living lives, meaningful lives, fulfilled lives, satisfied with what they're doing. Yeah. So it's a tribute to to what you're, what you're teaching over there. So Young adult category, it's a hard one because uh, not our church or any churches I would, I would probably name, but I, I know in a, a general category that a lot of young adult ministries kind of exist to keep these young adults kind of busy so they don't sin and, and hopefully they find a mate and, and uh, <laughs> they get married. And, and then we're done. And then we're done, yeah. And like, and move on. And and so for us, uh, the, the 20s particularly, it's a very special age because you are now authorized and on your own and capable and free to really define your life. And who you become in your 20s, really, it sets a stage for the rest of your life. So I love this this area. It's not just about let's let's manage their time and keep them protected from themselves. Let's like shape them to be world changers. Let's shape them to be powerful men and women of the kingdom and to do things as they are are young. Like there's no reason you have to wait later. Like let's do it now. <laughs> and if it if it's if you fall in your face, it's okay. Let's go. And I love that. I love the potential and just the the influence that you can have on someone's life in, in this age. It's so good. My last question for you, and it's probably a loaded question, but yeah. Uh, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, mm -hmm. you're a husband, you're a dad, and then you lead a thriving ministry at your church. 
How do you balance all of that and stay sane? <laughs> no meetings, no email. <laughs> uh, you know, really like my life at this point is it's coming from an overflow. I don't feel exhausted. Mm. I feel like I'm perfectly well-oiled, performing. I mean, we're high-performance machines. You know, we have the living God inside of us. You know, like there's a lot that's there. But you have to kind of bring your your body into alignment for what it, it can do. And so for me, practically, what that means is being really disciplined on myself um, in my you know personal habits and in my, my life. So uh, my morning routine is probably the most significant area of my life that I work hard on is Every day I wake up an hour before the whole entire house. And I love to sleep too. <laughs> but I wake up an hour before anybody else is up. I have my coffee all brewed. I have all my stuff kind of lined up. And I go and, and I'm just by myself and I just go spend time with Jesus. And I just like, help. <laughs> you know, and I just, I be quiet. Like I have all these things that can be running through my mind. Jesus, I, I surrender to you a few minutes just to be quiet. And then I read every morning. And then I try and write something every morning. And then I, I try and memorize something every morning too. So I, I love scripture memorization. Um, so Can you just repeat that really quick? Yeah. You read something every morning. Yep. You write, write something every morning. And I memorize something every morning. Like that. And so what that naturally does for me, like actually right there, is a lot of my ministry prep. Because my ministry, it's just simply an outflow of what's happened in my life. I'm not trying to think like, what do I preach on. It's like, let me just share from what I'm already cultivating in the mornings. And I'm already doing this every single morning, whether I'm preaching or not. It's just something I do. I don't look at email before 8 a.m. because it like ruins my life <laughs> when I do. Uh, and so I try to be disciplined that if I set the first uh, hour and a half of my day off right, the rest of my day is going to be great. Um, I'm really disciplined about my yeses and my noes. When I'm committed to, I am all in. And then I have to say like, this would be good to be involved in, but I want to be part of things that, that I'm going to be the best at. And if I don't feel like I can be the best at this or it's the best fit, I'm not going to do it. But I think probably for me, how I fit most of my things in uh, on a personal balancing is just getting my morning time into to be you know, the best husband, the best entrepreneur, the best father I can be before anybody's awake and around. And then we obviously have an amazing staff. I don't get any of the credit for what happens in our company because we really do have an amazing staff. And and they, they're just fantastic. So, uh, so that really helps as well. That's good, man. Well, this interview's been golden, man. Uh, can you let our listeners know how they can uh, find you, follow you? Can For sure. You give us those things. Yeah. So, my my last name has been butchered my entire uh, life. So my my last name is K N O P F, as in Frank. And uh, yes, forty percent of it is silent. I know it's pronounced Knopf. Um, <laughs> My, my friends in high school always told me that. But I, I'm on Twitter. Um, so I have different hats I kind of wear. Uh, on Twitter, I, I, I just talk about interesting business things and startups. So if you're into that, like my Twitter is the best place to follow. Um, on Facebook, uh, you can find me and friend me. I usually respond to that as well. And on Instagram, I'm there. All my handles are just my name, E-R-I-C-K-N-O-P-F. And then uh, webconnects, W-E-B-C-O-N-N-E-X.com. You can follow us, reach out. My email's Eric at WebConnect. So anybody who wants to chat, talk about startups, come by, play ping pong. I, uh, I love that stuff. So um, welcome anybody to reach out. Well, thanks for your time again. Hey, that does it for the Dean's List on this segment. Uh, we look forward to uh, conversing with you next month. For more on life and leadership, go to deandeguara.com.